but I also think that gratitude is a way to change your vibration so that if you're um, if you're really feeling anxious, for example, or you're feeling depressed or things like that, you can easily just take stock of what you do have in your life. Because we're, I think for myself, I, I get into sometimes patterns of like, okay, I don't have this, I don't have that, I have to do that. And it's a way to really just slow everything down and be grateful for the things that you do have, because there's always something that you can find to be grateful for, even when it seems like you're having a really bad day. And especially when you have a bad day, I think it's important where you're feeling out of control or your, your mind is racing. I think it's a way to really slow down and be able to change your perspective extremely quickly with no other interventions except for what you're doing within your own mind. Welcome to the Gratitude Podcast on www.georgeandbenta.com, where you'll hear a new story each week that will inspire more gratitude in your own life. Our mission is to inspire 100,000 people to discover how to feel gratitude and live a happy life through the amazing life stories of our successful guests and their actionable tips. And now, the host of our podcast, Georgian Benta. Hi, Gratitude Seeker. Welcome to a new episode of the Gratitude Podcast. Our guest today holds a master's in international journalism, a doctorate in clinical psychology, and is a certified life coach. As a result of the September 11 attacks, she was diagnosed with chronic fatigue syndrome and was told by her doctor that there was no cure. Serena snorted lines of cocaine in her kitchen to escape living with chronic fatigue, not accepting a lifetime of chronic fatigue. She discovered mind-body healing techniques that transformed her mental, emotional, and physical health. When she witnessed the miraculous transformation that she went through, she decided to share what she has learned with the world. She received a master's and a doctorate in clinical psychology in order to bridge the gap between science and emotional health. Her book, Pain, A Love Story, is a spiritual journey of healing backed by scientific research. Our guest today that I'm really happy to introduce, that I was really happy to introduce, is Serena Sterling. Welcome, Serena. Thank you for having me. It's great to be here. My pleasure. So I've given our audience a little bit, a glimpse of who you are, of the things that you've done, of your life. Um, if you want to fill in the gaps, um, I would be really appreciative. Sure. So um, as, as you said in the intro, I, I have all those degrees and what sparked my interest in becoming, well, learning psychology was because of my, my experience with chronic fatigue after 9-11. It was just, I had this debilitating amount of fatigue and my doctor basically gave me no hope that I would ever get better. And I didn't, I didn't want to live with that. Um, I've also had juvenile rheumatoid arthritis since I was nine. And I've always had an interest in the mind-body connection. And so when I finally found a doctor in New York that could help me, I was fascinated. And I put my journalism degree and my, my work at a magazine aside so that I could learn these mind-body stress reduction techniques 
combined with psychology because I got better in like three weeks versus learning to live with it. And I'm so immensely grateful for that experience. Um, And it, it's put me on a different path than I thought I would be on, but it's one that I feel has been really fulfilling. That's amazing. And um, can you tell us what happened um, on 9-11 for you that uh, caused the uh, chronic fatigue syndrome? Yes. Well, I was I was working for a magazine called Spirituality and Health, and they're located in lower Manhattan. Um, it was, well, they're on Trinity Place, which is um, two blocks from the World Trade Center. And I was late to work that day. I was actually hanging out with a friend from France who I met in journalism school. She was supposed to fly back to London on um, September the 11th. And I got stuck in the subway at Wall Street, which is just a few blocks from where the World Trade Center was. And by the time I reached the um, the street level, the first tower had already fallen. So it was complete whiteout. I couldn't see more than five feet in front of myself. And I feel that I probably went into shock at that point. And um, just I followed people down Wall Street. And then I saw the second tower collapse. And I walked home, but it was it was so overwhelming what I was witnessing. Fortunately, I didn't see other things. I didn't see people jumping. I didn't see, um, I have a friend that just saw some unspeakable things and I was spared that, but it was still so overwhelming that um, what I've learned in psychology is that the body will, um, it will filter emotions that are too overwhelming to feel. And so you'll develop different symptoms. And for me, it came out as fatigue. And I just, I ended up working from home for five months because the office had to be cleaned and it took that long. And so I, I would basically sleep on my couch and I was just sleeping all the time. And I, 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 one point was just like, okay, well, I'm going to have to go to the doctor to see if he can tell me what's going on. And that's when he diagnosed me with chronic fatigue. And so I feel that I basically shoved all the overwhelming sadness and anger and despair and terror. And I didn't want to feel any of it. I had to keep working. I just landed my dream job at this. After getting my master's in journalism, I just landed my dream job and I didn't want to um, not be able to deal. And so I feel that I repressed all my emotions and didn't feel but it came out and manifested as fatigue that's very interesting and um one of the things that i i've seen in my own experience is that at times um at least my experience with fatigue is even though i'm not tired physically because i i'm going through all kinds of um stressful uh, moments i feel tired and it's it's very interesting for me to to realize that i don't need to do much physically to 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 feel uh fatigued and i think it's it's very much related to what you were saying right yes um it was the way I described that fatigue was that it's this heaviness that, you know, I could basically be doing my dishes and then be like, okay, well, I'm going to have to take a nap. And I take a nap for an hour and a half. That's not normal, oh but it's this overwhelming heaviness that 
where you just kind of feel like, kind of like when you have the flu and you just want to sleep because yeah. you just don't have the energy, but you could be doing something um, meant like I couldn't read anymore. I couldn't anything just tired me out. Um, and it was really difficult to keep my job. I just felt like I was going to have to move home and uh, live with my parents after just achieving a master's in journalism. Wow. And how did you manage to, to overcome this? Um, well, like you said in the intro, I did end up doing lines of cocaine in my kitchen to stay awake because I was at my rock bottom, basically. I think everyone gets to some bottom place, and that was mine. Um, and I, my doctor, my medical doctor told me there was no cure to stay away from sugar and caffeine um, and to learn to cope. <laughs> <laughs> that was not an acceptable answer for me. Um, and so I asked a friend of mine if he could get me Ritalin or Adderall because I thought, okay, well, that will just give me a stimulant until I can figure out what to do. And he couldn't. Um, and then I ended up using cocaine instead. But I felt like here I am working at Spirituality and Health Magazine and I'm doing cocaine. This is like the biggest example of imposter syndrome. Um, and I had been introduced to something called neuroemotional technique when I was in college in Portland, Oregon. And I, I had this very big hunch. I knew that I wasn't dealing with my emotions. Um, I was just trying to go through the emotions of living life in New York City and working at a magazine. And so I found this doctor um, who, chiropractor but it was this technique was developed by a chiropractor and after the first session I walked home I, I walked like three miles which I hadn't been able to walk more than three blocks and so that's when I knew okay this is working good I have something to that's going to probably get me better and then I stuck with it for a few more weeks and then um, I did some other things like diet and nutrition and all of that just you know I was in my early 20s also so that probably helped but all of that turned things around <clears throat> so that I was able to regain my health it's amazing that something that uh, the doctor said that it's something you just need to accept you were able to overcome and um, I, I think it's in general uh, <laughs> signal of hope let's say for many of us who uh, might be going through things that seem unsurmountable and maybe even other people are telling them that it's not possible for them to do something or to get healthy again or something like this and i think your uh, your story brings hope to people and i think that's that's wonderful but I also wanted to get to the um, uh, to the name of your book. Um, what I understand from from the title itself um, is that at some level uh, it would be good for us to be able to appreciate pain somehow. Um, correct me if I if I'm wrong, but um, I'm I'm seeing here a connection between gratitude and pain and um, life in general. Yes, definitely. I 
I would say that a lot of people who develop chronic pain in particular, they, um, because it can come seemingly come out of the blue for no apparent reason, uh, people can be very angry about that and can feel like their bodies are betraying them. But what I've learned is that your body is communicating to you in ways that will hopefully um, like wake you up in a way that you, if you're repressing certain emotions, then it, your body will often take the brunt of that so that you don't have to feel them because it believes that it's the lesser of two evils in a way is to have a physical pain rather than emotional pain. And so what I've done with my the work and the way that I help people is that I, I have them, um, I make the connections like together. I'm, I'm not, I don't see myself as a healer. I see it myself as a conduit for helping them figure out where, what they're not seeing and what they're not um, feeling. And so once they're able though, to start making those connections and seeing like, oh, wow. So I was really upset with my partner. And instead of telling my partner that I just basically stopped all my emotions and now my body is feeling pain. Then that person gets to be able to appreciate their body and appreciate that, that ability of the body to communicate. And so pain obviously is no one ever wants to feel pain, but if we can accept that our bodies are actually these amazing mechanisms that help us see things and understand things that we normally wouldn't have, then we get to appreciate more of um, the body's ability to work with us. That's amazing. Uh, I I think it's the first time when when I'm seeing uh, the body from from this perspective. Um, I think it's it's a very loving way of seeing the body taking care of us, even of our emotions and taking it in somehow, um, taking the hits. And I think that this in this in turn um, gives us the opportunity to to have the same kind of love and compassion for it as well, instead of hating it one way or another because it isn't serving us um, as we might want uh, in in certain situations. Um, but I also wanted to to ask you about. Um, how how do you feel what do you feel about gratitude and how gratitude can help us with um the emotions that uh that we're experiencing i would say that um gratitude helps people in pain it's not the be all and end all because I think there are a lot of layers to it when you're in pain. But I think that if you can start to ask your body um, questions in terms of what are you trying to tell me and really just be quiet and listen and see what comes up as well as, um, as well as to thank it and love it. So sometimes a practice that I do is that if I'm feeling something, whether it's emotional or physical, I ask for a sensation. I ask for like, what is it trying to tell me? And then I just like hold my heart and I say, thank you. I love you. 
Um, and because I think that a lot of times when we're in pain, we don't want to feel pain. So we try to repress it, but that just makes it worse. So sitting with the pain and allowing it to be there and being thankful that it's there trying to tell you something can often shift things rather than, um, it's almost like the analogy I, I consider is, you know, if you think of someone who's drowning and you bring someone in and they're trying to save you and they just keep flailing and being like, no, 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 I can do it on my own. And it's kind of like, no, I've got you. It's okay. You can let go. It's, it's relax. It's okay. And then you kind of like sink into that and allow yourself to be, be held and you're basically holding yourself. Wow. I, I love this perspective. And I think it's um, gratitude in action. The fact that we know that we can rely on, on our body and we can appreciate it at least as much. And I think that this is an important idea that we take care of so many things in our life that need to take to be taken care of our car our um, siblings our parents our everyone but uh, sometimes we forget about the the most important relationship that we have actually with ourselves with our body and um Someone, many times our bodies are taking the hits because we are uh, focused so much on on others and on taking care of other things in, instead of it. And like you said, taking the time to to communicate, to be aware of what it communicates. That's that's so powerful, and. Yeah, I think it's uh, it's a gratitude action. It's something that we can do, and uh, that allows us to feel more gratitude, because we we start by knowing that our body is there to help us, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, beautiful! And I also wanted to to ask you if you have um a certain definition for gratitude like what is gratitude for you how do you define it hmm. i would say that gratitude is a way of um of taking note of of what is happening in your life in your body that allows you to take pause and to see what you do have versus what you don't. Because I think maybe this is just how I grew up, um, but it's this idea that we're all striving to be better and we compare ourselves to other people. Um, we try not to, <laughs> but I think we do. And, yeah. um, and we're constantly go, go, go. And we don't really, one, we don't really like, uh, you know, take our accomplishments and really celebrate them. We just keep going. Um, 
And I think that's important. One is to just figure out a way to have uh, a ritual around something you've achieved. But I also think that gratitude is a way to change your vibration so that if you're um, if you're really feeling anxious, for example, or you're feeling depressed or things like that, you can easily just take stock of what you do have in your life. Because we're, I think for myself, I, I get into sometimes patterns of like, okay, I don't have this. I don't have that. I have to do that. And it's a way to really just slow everything down and be grateful for the things that you do have, because there's always something that you can find to be grateful for, even when it seems like you're having a really bad day. And especially when you have a bad day, I think it's important where you're feeling out of control or your, your mind is racing. I think it's a way to really slow down and be able to change your perspective extremely quickly with no other interventions except for what you're doing within your own mind. Yeah, that's that's one of the most powerful things that that gratitude can do for us. It changes the the way we see our experience of life and the way we um what we see actually because at any given time we can feel really depressed about how things are going but we can also feel really grateful about how things are going <laughs> and it's it's really funny that it's like this that we can actually choose and we a lot of our, of our time we we forget that we can choose and uh we can see things from a different perspective and see those things um that are working because at least in my experience there are always things that are working great and things that aren't so great in the world in my life in the lives of the people that i know and it's really up to us and it's really um our chance and our opportunity to 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 shift this and since i have mentioned um other people in our life i think uh they are also um a source of gratitude um who are some people in your life that influenced you in a positive way that you would like to mention or maybe even thank well i feel like my mom gets a bad rap in my book because there's a lot of things that happened that weren't that great but there are also a lot of things that she did give me um and so obviously she gave me life <laughs> but she also um she instilled in me this idea that you know you can do anything if you put your mind to it she always would tell me that um so I, I feel grateful that even though there are certain things that you know we we all we, we want things in our parents for, for a lot of people that we don't get but there's but you know to change your perspective just like we were discussing um i feel like that just that alone her saying like you can just do anything as long as you put your mind to it that was always helpful um and I've had, you know, I've had friends along the way, I've had mentors, and um, I think that 
that I, I don't have anyone specific, but all the people that are kind of like the rebels or kind of like the people who they found something that wasn't working. Like the person who, um, his name is Dr. Scott Walker, and he developed this technique called neuroemotional technique. And he found that his clients, his patients weren't getting better by just doing traditional chiropractic. So he started asking questions and he developed a technique that has, you know, helped, he changed my life around. And so people like that who find a problem and then develop a solution um, that is, that is holistic and that doesn't involve medication and can turn people's lives around, like things, people like that inspire me. And I feel so grateful that they had the perspicacity and the dedication and determination to help other people. That's so true. And so it's, it's amazing knowing that there are so many people dedicated to um, helping us have a better life and um, overcome different kinds of um, challenges that we have. The, the interesting thing is that when, when we're in the challenge, regardless if it's um, an emotional, um, personal of some sort or physical challenge, we we tend to feel that we are alone or that there aren't solutions to it. But what you just mentioned, the fact that there are people that did their best and are doing their best to, to help other people overcome them, I think this is this is something really wonderful to be grateful for in general. And I think we can all feel very grateful knowing that there are these kinds of people and maybe we are one <laughs> we are some of them um us too or the people listening that want to do this for uh for the world and for um for other people and i don't know this this just gives me a, a very good feeling and uh it makes me very grateful as well when i'm thinking about it because many times we're we're so focused on the politicians that aren't doing what they said they would or on different kinds of people that are influencing the world in a in a negative way that we forget about these people that are doing their best every day to to make our lives better in a smaller or a bigger way i think i think that's so amazing that that you brought this up thank you well thank you yeah definitely i think anyone even definitely your listeners who are seeking out something different who want to know more about gratitude and implement it into their lives and um it's it starts small everyone everyone has to start somewhere but i think more people who come together and find each other and find that common ground of wanting to be able to change your perspective and do different things rather than focus on just the negativity in the world. That's what's going to change things overall. Yeah, it's so true. And it's up to each and every one of us um, to, to do this and to give um, positive example. And in time, 
the world will definitely look differently in a, in a different way, in a much better way. We are nearing the end of our time together and um, I wanted to ask you where can our audience get in touch with you, find out more about you, get the book? Yes, so my website is really easy. It's drserenasterling.com and you can find my book on Amazon. Perfect, perfect. And um, what can our audience uh, find on your website? You can find more about how I work. Um, I have, I think I still, yeah, I have a video on there. Um, I now work with people remotely, so it doesn't matter where you live in the world. Um, it doesn't need to be in person. And I have client testimonials on there as well as a little bit more of a description of my background and the services I offer, as well as my book. If you want to sign copy, I also, you can order it from my website. Beautiful. Thank you very much for your time, for being here with us and um, for doing the work that you're doing. Thank you so much for having me. My pleasure. Hey, Gratitude Seeker, thank you so much for taking the time to listen to this interview. I really appreciate it. And if you could think of one person that would also benefit from it, share it with them. It might actually be the inspiration that they need to make their day or maybe even their life much better. Thank you so much once again. This has been Georgian Benta. Don't forget to keep seeking and spreading gratitude.